A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone, short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Both that hymn stanza from our opening hymn, O God, our help in ages past, and a verse from our second lesson today, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, are based on the words of Psalm 90, verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. As we age, our perception of time changes. I remember how, as a child, an hour, an hour seemed like an eternity, while today it's so short. Waiting for Christmas, waiting for Jesus' return, require faith and patience. Like children on a long ride to visit grandparents, we find ourselves asking God, are we there yet? What's taking you so long? But time is a gift of God, as Advent helps us to remember. God gives us this season of Advent, not just to look forward to Christmas and to Jesus' return, but to cherish the time that we have now. Waiting can produce anxiety, but God provides us with hope, peace, joy, and love with which to fill that time like we fill a stocking. Last week we emphasized hope. Today we focus on peace. We need God's peace because it is not easy to wait, especially in an anxious and fallen world. We want Jesus to return and to set everything right. We want to be reunited with the loved ones we've lost. Knowing that Jesus has come to us as one of us is a source of peace, and it can help us to wait for his return. Knowing that he will return is a source of peace now, confident that our present trials will not last forever. 2 Peter 3.14 says, Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish. How do you strive to be found at peace? Are peace and striving really compatible? Well, for a close-to-home example, consider the fall workday we had last month. We took a look at how things were and compared them to how they could be, to how we thought they should be. And as we worked, we were hopeful and expectant, preparing for a future that had not yet arrived. We stepped back to assess the value of the things that we had accumulated around the church building, to ask whether they contribute to or detract from our ministry. 
We, looked, we took time to think about our priorities and we organized our work accordingly. A cleanup day is not all about frenzied activity or moving things from spot A to spot B. There's no danger of getting everything done anyway. There will always, always be more to do. And so we take time also to enjoy one another's company. That is an important goal of a work day. We sit around and enjoy our food. We marvel at the diversity of gifts, temperaments, and personalities in our community. We contemplate how anyone could have thought that this cabinet or that corner was a good place to store a given item. Perhaps thinking with Winston Churchill that it really doesn't take all types to make a world. There simply are all types. As we prepare for the future, we enjoy the present and count our blessings. We cherish the past as we discover and reuse Christmas carol books from 1965. A cleanup day is a concrete illustration of what it means to strive to be found at peace, even as we wait. Getting ready, cleaning up, putting our house in order, working together, reconciling with one another, preparing for the future without being so obsessed with it that we lose sight of the past and present. Now evaluating and reprioritizing how we spend our time usually does not mean making ourselves more busy. It takes effort, striving even, to resist hyperactivity, to pare down our superfluous commitments, to allow adequate margin between events, to say no to the demands that compete for our attention with higher priorities that distract us from what is most important. Advent is about waiting, but it isn't about disengagement, about checking out of life until the future arrives. As Isaiah and John the Baptist remind us this morning, Advent is about active waiting. It's about personal and corporate cleanup time, about paring back the peripheral and reminding ourselves and each other of what is central. Sometimes it takes a radical departure from what we consider normal to get across to us what is actually central and important and constitutes the core around which we organize our lives. Like John the Baptist, for example, who peeled away what he considered to be the extraneous trappings of respectable religion to such an extent that he went out to the desert where he spent his time clad in camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey. Now, I'm not suggesting that we imitate John and his choices of clothing or diet. But 
he reminds us to think outside the box, to consider unusual and far-reaching changes, confident that however radical the changes we may need to make, they are unlikely to be more eccentric than his. Jesus has come and is now at work in the world. That is important. He is coming again. That is central. Though God hasn't left us, we don't yet see him fully, and things on earth are not yet as they are in heaven. God is on a mission to the world he loves, and he chooses to involve us, even when we're not aware of it. This Advent, I encourage you to take time for a personal cleanup day. Write down your own version of what is central and important, the core to which you'd like to pare down and around which you'd like to rebuild. Give yourself an idea of how you imagine Jesus would like to find you when he returns, along with one or two concrete, manageable things that you can do or refrain from doing to bring that vision closer to reality. Like at a church cleanup day, don't worry about getting everything done. There will always be more to do, which is why the advent of our Savior is a source of peace. He has done for us what is most important, what we cannot do for ourselves, and he will finally accomplish that which we cannot. Looking forward then with hope, let us seek to be living illustrations of 2 Peter 3:14, striving to be found by him at peace, even in this unsettled present. We may appear eccentric to some, but given the high bar set for us by John the Baptist in that regard, we have nothing to be embarrassed about.